Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, your home for all things Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and so much more. Join Derek and Ian as they tell tales to astonish along this journey into mystery. Grab some snacks and settle in because Paperweight Entertainment starts now. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. Now, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you'll notice that I am all alone today. Uh, Our friends at the Horror You Know Podcast had their first annual Horror at the Ohio Film Festival last week, and it was a lot of fun. I got to go down there one day and help out, but our wonderful co-host Ian is a part of that podcast as well. And with all the lead up to him Helping out with that last week, he couldn't be here. We decided just to take a week off. It was fall break around this area for for my kids, so we took the week off. And Ian is still recuperating from that, so I'm going to be flying solo tonight. Uh, Which is okay, because I'm very, very excited about what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about Tales of the Jedi, which just dropped yesterday on Disney+. Plus. I'm recording this on Thursday. Um, Wow. I cannot express how excellent this show was going into it. I expected it to be fun. I expected it to be entertaining. You know, it's star Wars. It's from the same creators that did uh, the clone wars, the same animation style, some of the same voice cast, but also we got, uh, excuse me. Also, we got Liam Neeson back. We got uh, Ian McDiarmid back Bryce Dallas Howard playing Yaddle. Uh, of course, Ashley Eckstein back is Ahsoka. And man, I'm going to try not to gush. And I'm going to calm myself down so we can actually talk about this series. Uh, first off, spoilers for Tales of the Jedi, all six episodes. And uh, and just to let you know, this is going to be a shorter episode since it is just me talking about this. Nobody else giving me their opinion. So while I say that, I want to write a, go ahead right at the beginning and say that uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you like, comment, subscribe, bring the notification bell. And uh, make sure that you keep up on what, what what's going to be coming down the road. We always have more things going on. Silver Screen Scoundrels on Wednesdays. And, of course, Paperweight here on Fridays. Um, if you're not following us on social media, make sure you do so. We're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, follow us on TikTok, Paperweight Entertainment. Also, make sure you're following Silver Screen Scoundrels on there as well. Uh, Colonel Bob is running that, doing a great job with it. We're trying to get them up to 1,000 so we can start doing lives together. Um But uh, also, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much for listening on our very first and original form of Paperweight Entertainment. And make sure that you have uh, subscribed to us there, follow us, and make sure that you rate and review us on whatever podcaster podcatcher that you're listening to us on. Sorry, I'm 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 all jazzed. I just finished this this uh, this season of Tales of the Jedi, and I want to say right up top that uh, I really really hope that they do more of these. Um, the animation alone is worth the price of admission to walk into this. This is the most beautiful animation that we've seen in Star Wars. I enjoyed Clone Wars. I wasn't the biggest fan of the animation style. Granted, it was years ago, and you know it got better over time, especially by the time that Disney Plus played the final season. The animation was fantastic. Rebels animation was really well done, just a much different style. It was very much more... Uh, based off of Ralph McQuarrie's early concepts, and you saw a lot of that, and it was still very, the textures were very uh, smooth. Everything was really rounded over, 
If that makes sense. If you watch Rebels, you know what I'm talking about. Everything was very smooth versus when you look at Clone Wars, everything almost looked like it was carved out of wood. Everything was very rigid, very jagged angles. And we got that back in this series. Uh, But to an incredible degree, the, the fabric on the Jedi's cloaks, the... The, the fire in that final episode as the, as the town burned, the fire, it looked real. It looked like they literally went and they set some buildings on fire and then they superimposed Ahsoka and the Inquisitor into it. It was excellent. Incredibly well done. Uh, so top-notch animation, the best that we've seen out of Star Wars. I cannot wait to see what else they do with this. I hope they keep going with this animation the way they, the way they are. It makes me really excited for bad, bad batch season two, which was something I wasn't overly excited about, you know, after we saw the first season, but the animation has just gotten better and better and better. And, and it really gets me excited for what we're going to see in bad batch season two. I mentioned the voice work again. Everybody was, was on point in this. Um, I did not look up any names. Like I said, I finished the last episode and I immediately hit record because I wanted to get my my immediate take on this incredible series. Um, the voice work was excellent. Like I said, we got some people that came back from the Clone Wars. Of course, we got Matt Lanter uh, coming back playing uh, Anakin. We got Ashley Eckstein, like I said, coming back playing Ahsoka. I believe that I, we, I heard James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan just for one line. There in that second to last episode, of course, D, 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 D Bradley Baker, if I can get my words to come out right, D Bradley Baker back is Rex and the other clones. Um, but then, of course, like I said, we got Liam Neeson back playing playing Qui-Gon again. We got Ian McDermott. We got the Emperor back. And one thing that I had a problem with with Clone Wars is that the voice work was great, but I had a hard time with the interpretation of the characters from both of the actors that played Palpatine during Clone Wars. Uh, Ian Abercrombie, you know, rest in peace, who played Palpatine for most of that series, and then the legendary Tim Curry that played them. Both of them played the part very, very well, but they played it a very different way than Ian McDiarmid was. And when you heard him as Sidious, when you hear him as that that gravelly, raspy frog in his throat kind of voice, man, it just brings an extra level of menace. And and it, it was perfect. Also, the actor that played Dooku, again, I, I did not look up that name, but he was great. So let's talk about story. Again, got to take a breath. Relax. The story of this season, I did not expect a linear progression of time. I thought we'd be bouncing around from time to time. But no, we got a linear progression of time. Uh, Starting out with Ahsoka from the moment that she was born. And then jumping, which was a great episode, by the way. That first episode of Ahsoka as a baby and, and her parents and the rest of her tribe realizing that she was a Force user... And it, it was a very heartwarming, heart-wrenching at times uh, episode with the the big jungle cat coming and snatching her up and, and her parents mourning over her. That was great. But when this show kicked into high gear for me was immediately in the second episode when we got a very young Dooku and a very young Qui-Gon Jinn. And we got to see the beginnings of the doubt and the fall to the dark side of Count Dooku. While that was portrayed in the trailers for this 
leading up to it, I didn't expect us to get a full range from when he first started having doubt and what was going on with the Republic all the way up to the moment that he fell to the dark side completely, where he really did become Darth Tyrannus, where he, he was past the point of no return. I didn't expect that. And seeing the way that they did that was really, really well done. The fact that in the first time that we see Dooku, we see he, him and Qui-Gon going on a search for a kidnapped Senator's son and they see and they experience the corruption and the poverty and the just overall anguish that the people in the Republic are experiencing because of that corruption. And it perfectly tracks with why Dooku would have a problem with that. This is a this is a man who was destined to be the ruler of his people, who was taken at a young age, and someone who should have been in that position of power where he could have done things to change certain certain aspects of people's lives. And he's well aware of this at that point. That that's where he was supposed to be. He was destined to be a leader who could make change. And now as a Jedi, he can't make that change. He is a peacekeeper who is supposed to work for the people of the Republic, but he can't change the laws. He can't get rid of all corruption by himself. And you see him understanding what's going on. And immediately when he has an opportunity to protect the people, he protects the people. He, he says, I am not a a a a worker for you i don't work for the senate i work for the people of the republic and we see him lose his temper and it's a great scene where he pushes qui-gon away and he goes in fully intent on killing that senator it's a great great episode leading straight into the next where we get to see him with mace windu where we see that corruption even more and what it's done to the people of another planet where now not only are we seeing the the downfall of the society of the planet. Now a Jedi's life is taken. And on top of that, they have to defend themselves and take the lives of other people who were frustrated and angry and, and hungry for freedom for their planet. And Dooku realizes that no, we're going against everything that the Jedi say they stand for. But while those were wonderful episodes, and great stories. The absolute highlight of this entire season, the highlight of all six of these episodes has to be Dooku and Qui-Gon's final moment. And you don't realize it's the final moment because something about the timeline never really clicked for me. And I'm sure for a lot of people, the fact that when Qui-Gon brought Anakin to the temple, that Dooku was still there. For some reason, I thought that he had already left. Uh, maybe because Sifo-Dyas had been gone for ten years already by the time that Anakin, went, or by the time that Attack of the Clone happens, Cl Attack of the Clones happens, and that you know Anakin had been there for that amount of time, and so I just assumed that Dooku was already gone by the time that Qui Gon brought him there. But the fact that he hadn't been gone, the fact that he actually had a moment to speak with his former master, and that. The, that Dooku would be so frustrated that the council didn't listen to him. And then in the next scene where we see Dooku standing in front of the tree, you think that it's just, he's just there. That's where he left after he spoke with Qui-Gon. He went to meditate in front of the tree and to find out that it was the day that the council was leaving to go to Naboo for Qui-Gon's funeral. It was such a gut punch. 
It was such a wonderful piece of storytelling. The incredible way that this animated series of short films, basically these episodes that are 10 to 15 minutes long was able to pull on my emotions and my heartstrings was truly incredible. It was truly incredible. And it leans into, again, the highlight for me is that last moment with he and Qui-Gon. But then when we get to actually see his, his frustrations with Palpatine, where we get to see him having this discussion with him, where this is not the way this was supposed to go. For the longest time, it's always been said that Dooku joined with Palpatine with an intention to do good, with an intention to bring about true balance and true peace to the galaxy. And that by the time that he really realized what was truly happening, he was too far gone. There was no way to come back. And they illustrated that in this, this instance, because Yaddle goes and confronts him and tells him to come and stand by my side. We can stop this together. And Dooku says, it's too late. I can't, I can't, it's too far gone. And we get an excellent fight scene with, with another with with Yaddle, who I never thought I would get to see fight with a lightsaber. This this small little character, not literally small. I mean, she is a very small character, but this puppet that was in the background just so that we could see another member of Yoda's species on the Jedi Council. I mean, she wasn't even there by the time Attack of the Clones came around. And people always wondered why it would said, oh, well, she left the order. She got injured. Things happened. She left. And they, they in- incorporated that in here where she had left. She gave up her seat on the council. But to see her get a chance to shine, to see a chance, get a chance to see why she was a Jedi master on the council, because she was she was she was a good fighter. She could fight. She could handle her own. She couldn't stop Dooku because he's so powerful. Also, the way that she used her words in that fight, she tried over and over and over again to convince him to stop what he was doing. And it was a beautiful, touching, and heart-wrenching scene. It was everything that I want. When I say everything that I want, the Jedi and the Force are what I love about Star Wars. Andor has been fantastic. And don't worry, if you're wondering why we haven't talked about Andor, it literally is just because we had She-Hulk, we wrapped up She-Hulk, and then because of everything going on with the horror you know and the film festival, Ian hasn't had a chance to catch up on it yet. We're going to start in on Andor next week. We're going to take it and kind of chop it up into sections so we're not kind of doing the whole series at once. Uh, But we will get to Andor, I promise you that. Don't worry. If you're wondering why we haven't talked about it, we're going to talk about it, hopefully starting next week. Um and as much as I'm loving Andor because it's a fresh new take on on Star Wars, some of the political, a lot more of the political intrigue, not some, and a, and a slow burning spy thriller, uh, espionage. Just I can't. I don't even have the words right now. It's a great show. Andor's a great show. But this is what I want from Star Wars. This is what I love about Star Wars. I love the Jedi and the Force and the the struggle of balance between the fo- between the light and the dark and and the ideologies of who's right who's wrong all of that is what draws me into it and of course lightsabers are cool jedi are cool when they're doing flips you know the prequel jedis Je- jedi especially were great and so that drew me in more than anything and so to get a chance to see this time period that has not been fleshed out in the movies, it's been fleshed out a bit in books and audio dramas, and those have all been fantastic. They've all been great. 
but there's something about getting to see it on screen, getting a chance to really just see everything right in front of you. Instead of, you know, when you read a book or you listen to an audio drama, you can see it in your mind's eye and it's wonderful, but there's something about getting to see it, getting to see it in front of you. And that's what this gave me. It gave me everything I wanted and it gave me a wonderful tie-in to that final that final issue or issue that final season of the clone wars where we got an incredible training montage of anakin pushing ahsoka to be able to hold her own against the clones not realizing that just a few years later she was going to have to use that to save her life because it wasn't just Oh, if you can beat Rex and and the boys, you can beat anything with a blaster. She literally had to go up against Rex and the 501st, or at least a contingent of the 501st. And so the fact that, that Anakin prepared her for that without realizing that he was, was a wonderful touching moment. And that it actually led into that moment where she went on to uh, where, where Rex led her into the hangar um, from that final episode of clone wars was just perfection. And then to lead into the final episode of the season where we got a, a much different, but similar enough adaptation of the EK Johnson novel, Ahsoka, which if you haven't read, I highly recommend it. It was very, very good. Um, and it's very similar. The end of this, of this short is very similar to how that the end of that book is. There's a lot of things that they do in that, um, that Ahsoka does. She goes from a couple of different planets trying to hide her identity and uh, finally realizing that she's going to have to fight. She's going to have to stop this Inquisitor. Um, but I highly recommend it. And so they did a really good job of condensing that story down to the main plot beats all the way down to the fact that she literally just takes that lightsaber out of that Inquisitor's hand. My jaw hit the floor when she took the lightsaber out of that Inquisitor's hands and just decapitated him on the spot they've been building up ahsoka for years now showing us truly how powerful truly how talented she is truly how well trained she was and i'm really enjoying every time that they remind us this is a a jedi in her prime who was trained by the greatest fighter that the jedi have ever seen also learned under some of the greatest masters um, that have ever sat on the Jedi council. This is a force to be reckoned with. And they are showing it many, many times. I think it's perfect. Cause when we go into the Ahsoka live action show starring Rosario Dawson, I think we're going to need to understand that. And I think that people need to believe that Ahsoka is going to be able to handle anything that comes her way. Even if that ends with her not making it, even if they, even if they, they end her story in a tragic way, we need to believe that she was able to hold her own and anything that comes her way. And I think that they've done that very, very well consistently with Ahsoka. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. When Ahsoka was first introduced, I was one of the people that didn't care for her character. I think that she was a little too snippy, you know, snips, pun intended. Uh, she was a little too silly. I think they didn't really know what they wanted to do with the character earlier on, but the progression that they've given her and the character arc that they've given her has been, one of the most, if not the most fulfilling character arcs in all of Star Wars. And I think that it's great. I think we're going to get a lot more of Ahsoka, and I hope that we do. I, I really want them to continue on with this series of shorts. I want them to do multiple seasons of this. I think that it would be great if they 
did a Tales of the Jedi that was set in the High Republic. Those those stories have been fantastic. If you haven't been reading the, the High Republic books, I'm a few books behind, but they were excellent. They were very well done. It would be a really fun way to see them in, you know, on the screen instead of just on the page. I would recommend that. I think that it would be wonderful to see that. I think it would be great to see a Tales of the Jedi set after Return of the Jedi when Luke has set up his his training temple. I think that would be fantastic. That'd be a great way because you can get Mark Hamill back to do the voice. You can pitch his voice down. You can make him sound a little bit younger. Um, and they can they can easily do that. I think that that would be a great way to see the things that happened in Luke's training temple instead of going back to it during something like The Mandalorian. As much as I enjoyed seeing Luke in The Mandalorian, I don't think it's necessary going forward. Grogu's made his choice at this point. I don't think we need to see Luke anymore in the Mandalorian as much as it pains me to say that because I love seeing Luke and Mandalorian. They've done some great things with him, but I would love to see a tales of the Jedi set 15 years after return of the Jedi. So, you know, 10 years after Mandalorian where we actually see that up and running, maybe we can see some of the downfall of Ben Solo. We could see, who else was training there? We could see the the corruption of Ben Solo by Snoke. We could see the 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 beginnings of the Knights of Ren. We could see so many different things. This this opens up so many storytelling possibilities, and the fact that it was done so well gives me so much hope for the future moving forward and the things that I love about Star Wars. So I could gush all night long, but like I said to begin with, this is going to be a shorter episode. And so I'm going to to leave off with my thoughts because nobody wants to hear me rambling on for a half an hour, 45 minutes about how much I love something. Um, I have zero qualms with this series at all. The only thing that makes me sad is that there's not more. I would have loved to see. I, I would have loved to have seen more. And I hope that we get to in the future. Um, so, yeah, as, as a series, this is a 10 out of 10 out of a 10. 100 percent. This is the best Star Wars content that they have put out in a very long time. And that's saying something because I've enjoyed all of the star Wars content they've put out with the exception of a couple episodes of Boba Fett and, you know, star Wars resistance, but that wasn't really for me. That was a very much a children's show. Um, this is very much more adult than I expected it to be. And, uh, yeah, I loved every second of it. I can't wait for more. I'm going to watch these again with my kids. They were very upset with me for watching it without them, but I told them I was going to review it tonight, so I had to I had to blow through all of them. Um, so I can't wait to watch it again. And uh, if you uh, if you want to let us know, what did you think about Tales of the Jedi? Have you watched all of them yet? What did you think? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you think it was just okay? Do you want more of this? Do you think this is a good thing for Star Wars to do this this short format? And by the way, for shorts, these are pretty long. I mean, there, there was one episode that was over 15 minutes long. I think two episodes that was over 15 minutes long. That's a pretty decent sized short. I mean, that's only about seven, eight minutes shy of a syndicated television show. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? Do you want to see more of this? Do you think they should just drop it and move forward and stop looking backwards? What do you think? Let me know. Uh, comment below the YouTube video. Send us an email if you're uh, if you're listening to the podcast. You know, drop us a line on Twitter whatever you want to do. But I'll say again, don't forget, make sure you're following us on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you're following Silver Screen Scoundrels on TikTok and uh, check out Silver Screen's review of Pray for the Devil next week. I'm going to go and watch that movie after I get done recording here. For some reason, I get guilted into things that I don't want to do, but that is perfectly fine. I'm looking forward to it. Just 
because I'm curious. So thank you so, so much for watching. Thank you for listening. And man, I can't wait to watch this again. So for just me, for just Derek, this has been the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, and we will see you next time. Yay!